Good morning. Happy Sunday. My name is Paul Junius. And today's readings are from Genesis, chapter 1, verses 27-28, and Acts, chapter 17, verse 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. The word of the Lord. Hey Grace242, Pastor Bill here. Many of you know that the NBA has resumed play inside what's been dubbed the NBA bubble in Orlando, Florida. The NBA bubble is an isolation zone in Disney World where players and team staff live their entire lives. They eat, sleep, practice, and play all of their games inside the bubble where they're not allowed to leave. There's even a telephone number dubbed the Snitch Hotline where people can call to report player violations of the bubble rules. On the second day of games, Orlando Magic forward Jonathan Isaac made headlines for becoming the only player to stand for the national anthem. All of Isaac's teammates knelt for the anthem and wore t-shirts emblazoned with the Black Lives Matter slogan. Isaac, however, not only stood for the anthem, but wore his Orlando Magic jersey. In the press conference after the game, the media asked him why he didn't kneel for the anthem, and here's how Jonathan responded. He said, I feel that putting that shirt on and kneeling don't go hand in hand with supporting black lives. He went on to say, my life has been supported through the gospel of Jesus Christ and everyone is made in the image of God. We all fall short of God's glory. We all make mistakes. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's grace for us and that Jesus came to die for our sins and that we'd all come to an understanding that God wants a relationship with us. I feel like we want to get past not only racism, but everything that plagues us as a society. I feel like the answer to it is the gospel." End quote. I cannot thank Jonathan Isaac enough for using the platform that God has given him to preach the gospel in word and deed. I mean, I get excited seeing someone with a gigantic platform literally taking a stand and pointing to Jesus. This man took an unpopular position to point to Christ. Jonathan Isaac taking a stand for Jesus cost him something. If you listen to the question put to Jonathan by the reporter, here's what she asks. So you didn't kneel during the anthem, but you also didn't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Do you believe that Black Lives Matter? <laughs> I mean, what a disgusting and accusatory question. I mean, what is, what is Jonathan Isaac supposed to say? Actually, you're right. As a black man, I believe that black lives don't matter. I mean, come on. It's just disgusting. As we've all been saying throughout this message, when it comes to the phrase Black Lives Matter, of course that's true. Of course Black Lives Matter. But when it comes to the organization, I'll simply quote Jonathan Isaac when he says, I feel that putting that shirt on and kneeling don't go hand in hand with supporting black lives. Jonathan not only had to pay the price of accusatory media questions, in the fourth quarter of that very game, Jonathan tore his ACL. At this point, I'll simply remind us of what we talked about last week and that this is not just a cultural battle that we're fighting. This is a spiritual battle. And because Jonathan took the unpopular position of following Christ, a member of the media actually went on Twitter and ran a poll asking this. 
Is it funny the guy who refused to kneel immediately blew out his knee? Ugh, it just, it's just disgusting. I show you all this because Jonathan Isaac gets it. It's all about Jesus. When it comes to our bumper sticker of Black Lives Matter, the solution is Jesus. Jonathan paid a price for pointing to Christ in the middle of a culture of Black Lives Matter, and I point this to Jonathan's example because we also will pay a price for pointing to Jesus in this culture. Jesus is who the world needs, but the world does not want him. And the journey we're about to embark upon comes with a price for standing by it. That journey is the biblical narrative on race and ethnicity. Jesus is the solution to racism and prejudice. So what I want to begin doing this week is walking us through the Bible to examine God's heart on race and ethnicity, ending in the solution of Jesus glorified. I hope you'll come with me on this journey, but know that standing on this truth carries with it a price in our culture today. The Bible opens by recording God's creation of the universe, and as God's crowning achievement in creation, He creates the first two humans, Adam and Eve. The humans are God's crowning achievement because they're distinct from the rest of creation. They're set apart. They have a special distinction, and that distinction is that they are image bearers of God. Here's what Genesis 1.27 says. It says, So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, he created them. What does it mean that all humans are made in God's image? Well, first of all, it radically raises the value of human life. It means that we are distinct from the rest of creation. We're distinct from animals. Theologian Herman Bavinck says this in volume one of his Reformed Ethics, quote, There is a big difference between saying that human beings are the image and offspring of the chimpanzee and orangutan and saying they are the image and offspring of God. This is the case with Darwin as well. His proposition of faith is that a human being is an evolved animal. For us, on the other hand, by faith we understand that human beings are created in the image of God, and we are God's offspring. And then Bavinck quotes Acts 17 verse 28, which says, For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. What does it mean to be made in God's image? It means that humans aren't descended from animals. It means that we are offspring of God, as the Bible says. <laughs> Sometimes the Bible amazes me. Because if you didn't know that that was straight out of Scripture, we are God's offspring, if someone said, we are God's offspring, I might actually look at him and be like, ah, that feels like a bit of an overstep. But it's right here in Scripture. We are God's offspring. What an amazing amazing promise. When we talk about racism, we have to begin with who humanity was created to be. If humanity is evolved from animals, then we've already kindled the fires of racism because humans have so little worth and value. Darwin, in his book, The Descent of Man, says this, at some future period, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider, for it will intervene between man in a more civilized state, as we may hope, even then the Caucasian, and some ape as low as a baboon, instead of as now between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. That's wild! I mean, that is racism! 
I mean, if we're descended from apes, then what's to stop Darwin from comparing and contrasting apes and humanity and examining the distance, the quote-unquote distance that he sees of evolvement from apes to humanity? And he looks at darker-skinned people and thinks to himself, well, they're less evolved. So they're the, quote, savage races. And the more evolved, according to Darwin and his judgments upon skin color, thinking about our evolvement from apes that he believes in, the more evolved are the lighter-skinned people. And so eventually, you know, the lighter-skinned people are going to be the more civilized races, and they'll just wipe out the savage races. I mean, I'm even nervous just saying those words, because it's such horrible, unspeakable stuff. It says all Darwin. But doesn't it make sense that these are the logical conclusions that you come to if the beginning of humanity is we are evolved from animals? Humanity's origin matters to this discussion. If we're only evolved apes, then there is a low, low value placed upon humanity. But we are, if we are made in the image of God, then every human has infinite worth and value. Back to Babink. To call human beings God's image is to say that the human person is God's likeness, his portrait in miniature, his imprint, his effigy or ectype. So every human being that God has created was made as his own offspring, as his own miniature. That raises the value of human life. Do black lives matter? Absolutely! They're miniatures of God. Do white lives matter? Absolutely! They're miniatures of God. The image of God means that as God's offspring, all lives matter. But yet, all lives matter is the type of wrong think that cannot be expressed in today's culture. I told you that biblical truth carries a price. John Calvin in his Institutes of the Christian Religion says this, Man, therefore, was created in the image of God, and in him the Creator was pleased to behold as in a mirror his own glory. I've just been thinking about that quote all day. That is just unbelievable. That we are God's mirrors, and that when he would look in that mirror, he would see reflected back to him his own glory. Every human being was created as God's own mirror of his own glory. And as mirrors of God's glory, we reflect him to the rest of the world. Look at Genesis 1, 28. Here's our job, here's our task as image bearers and reflections of God. Verse 28, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That word reign clues us into our job as image bearers. Humans were created as miniatures or portraits of the sovereign ruler God. And the sovereign ruler God extends his authority to us to spread his kingdom reign over this earth. He says, fill the earth and govern it. We as his miniatures are his governors over what he has created. And it's our job as his governors to spread his reign and rule over this earth. It's our job as his mirrors to reflect who God is to the world. Let's just take a step back to examine the living room furniture all in place. What is God doing here? God wants his humans, who he's created as miniature mirrors of himself, to bring him glory and honor by reflecting his reign to this earth. But, simply put, humanity failed their job. 
We didn't want to be governors of God. We didn't want to be mirrors of God. We wanted to be God Himself. So we stretched out in an attempt to seize the position of God Himself, and we brought sin and death into the world. Baving says, That one sinful act of Adam and Eve was disobedience to God, abandoning dependence on God, rejecting His Lordship, and putting oneself alongside God as one's own God. In rebelling against God, we repudiated our position as God's rain reflectors. We brought sin into the world, and along with sin, we brought death upon ourselves and creation. If we are miniatures of God, we are now broken effigies, broken statues. If we are mirrors of God, we are now cracked mirrors. The Venus de Milo is a famous Greek statue. Created sometime between 130 and 100 BC, the statue depicts a Greek goddess, and scholars are puzzled or debating whom that statue depicts. The statue has been missing her arm as long as she's been discovered. And I show you Venus because even though her arm is missing, when you look at that statue, you can see, oh, that depicts a woman. That's a depiction of a woman. In the same way, when we sinned, we became broken statues. We are still God's miniatures, still His effigies, but we are broken. Similarly, if you crack a mirror, you can still see your reflection in that mirror, but it's no longer the perfect reflection that you had before. In the same way, we still reflect God, but not perfectly like we did before. It is because of sin that we're seeing the violence done in the name of the organization Black Lives Matter. It is because of sin that reporters ask accusatory questions like, Do Black Lives Matter? It's because of sin that ethnic divisions are being highlighted and exploited by our culture. It's because of sin that Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL and will now have to undergo the long rehab that comes as a result of that. It's because of sin that we are talking about this Black Lives Matter bumper sticker. But even though we brought sin into the world, thanks to God's forbearance, all is not lost. Humanity still lives, even though there's death in the world. We still know God, even though we distance ourselves from Him. We still reflect God, even though we are cracked images. Regardless of sin, God's heart still remains the same. He still wants His humans to worship Him and bring Him glory by spreading His reign. Here's Bavink again. Sin seeks to destroy and annihilate everything. But God did not allow that to happen because He had a different and higher purpose for humanity, namely, a people to proclaim His praise. God maintains His creation and tempers the inclination to evil. He did not need to do it. That He does is a gift. All of life and all of humanity are under judgment and fall within the purview of patience of God's forbearance. Thanks to God's forbearance, we have the gift of life itself. Thanks to God's forbearance, we are not destroyed. Look at Romans 3, verses 25 to 26. It says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when He held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for He was looking ahead and including them in what He would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate His righteousness, for He Himself is fair and just, and He makes sinners right in His sight when they believe in Jesus. And here's where we're back to Jonathan Isaac as an image-bearer of God, pointing to Jesus as the solution.
Despite our sin, despite becoming broken images, despite distancing ourselves from God, despite bringing death into the world, God retroactively looks through the sacrifice of His Son Jesus at us and gives us life. Jesus is the solution. Next week, we're going to continue walking through the biblical narrative and we're going to see how race is actually a made-up word that we ought to expunge from our vocabulary. I just want to thank you, Grace242, for walking through the scriptures with me on this. I realize we're spending a long time on this single bumper sticker, but it is really prevalent in our world right now. And, and just speaking personally, I just really appreciate the opportunity to do all sorts of study and take the time to kind of work out my own theology and, and, and then together work out our own salvation, as the Bible says, on this issue. Thanks for coming along with me on the journey. Love you, Grace242. See you next time.